Y'all, Holy Spirit fire comes out of this conversation. You better be ready. And if you took note to how long the episode is, we couldn't stop. Or better yet, God couldn't stop. Revelation after revelation. This man is a crazy good storyteller. But the best part about him is he is in love with Jesus. And only six months six months in to that love, to that radical encounter, that radical shift, that repentant spirit to say, God, you are real. And you've been chasing me down my whole life. And I knew it. I knew that I knew that I knew. Y'all, I met him a year ago. And when I saw him on stage, I knew God was pursuing him. I could see it in his logo. I could see it in his stance. I could see it in his gifting. I could see it in his anointing. And he had no idea. And all of the people that were with me, my brothers and sisters, some of which you know, Anthony Hart, Morgan Hart, my hubby, Gary, we could see it too. And he said, flat to our face, oh, I don't believe in Jesus. Y'all are about to hear the story of what happened and how that is now the complete antithesis of his truth. And he is actually bringing thousands, tens of thousands, one day millions of people, maybe billions, because that's the goal, right? is every eye, every ear, every knee will bow and we will profess the name of Jesus. And he's creating frontline warriors of God in order to do so and take dominion in these territories, one of which you know I'm passionate about, the marketplace, but in the arts, in the entertainment sectors, everywhere. And I am so honored to call him friend and so excited for you guys to get to meet him today. Make sure you follow his journey. He's like 4,000 videos in of sharing miracle after miracle since coming to know the Lord, but his story has been traced since before that. So we're going to see, you're going to see a shift in language, a shift in his eyes, just the way he looks and penetrates people in a total different way. It is so out of the character of God. Like God is just emanating through him. Can you tell him I'm pumped? I'm excited for you guys to tune into this. Chris Riftstrew, you are such a gift. Warriors of God, that's you, my fellow listener. Stay tuned, get your notepad out because there's going to be some deposits for you and your business and your vision, and you're going to be living a life on purpose. And if anything, you're going to be running around real hot and sweaty after the conversation because the Holy Spirit is so good. All right, y'all. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could just subscribe, follow, wherever it is that you're watching this right now, I appreciate you. And I'm so excited to get to know you more in depth at the FounderCon later this year. If you don't know what that is, check it out in the show notes. Love you guys. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. 
Let's hydrate. All right, all right. I am so excited to be here today with my friend, Chris Rickster. You guys are in for quite a treat. I know I was the first time I met him. He is, you think I'm a firecracker. I know my audience is like, Tamara, slow down. But this guy, oh man, hold on tight. Get your seatbelt on. Chris, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped up from that intro video. I'm just like, let's go. <laughs> I know. Don't you just start dancing? Grooving yeah, I, I was getting ready to. I'm like, but am I still being recorded right now? I don't want to look no, stupid. Now you're in the green room. But I, that's one of my favorite things about the entire show that nobody else can see. But I just get to see the grins on people's face because you're like, wow, like I want to dust your shoulders off. You you look good out there. You look good doing what you do. Uh, oh, it's so good, though, because it's so indicative of like, those sweet moments that the Lord will give us where he reminds us that we're so much more than who we even perceive ourselves to be, Mm. that he sees us like just so dynamic and so, you know, present. And that's such a thing that I've seen of you since the first time I met you. And I I know you've been on a wild journey the last, not even year, right? I mean, let's go into this because I learned from you on stage and I loved what you shared last year. And I knew, I knew that there was more depth to it. And Mm. so to know that it was like, it was in process at that point. And so much has changed since then. I want the audience and the people listening to understand that God does a supernatural work in a supernatural time. And it's not by our works that he can reveal himself. So let's, let's dump in. Absolutely. Like uh, it's crazy because I've only been a believer for six months and uh, but my journey to this moment started back when I was 27 years old Um, and I just turned 27. I had just built and sold my first company. Uh, You know, I, I, just raised half a million dollars from investors. I had 25 people working for me. Uh, I was just on my way to having this level of success that I've never had before on my way to building a multi-million dollar company. And on top of all that, you know, I had the employees, I had the team, I was a CEO, I built it and sold the first company. I had all these things and I was dating the girl I thought I was going to marry. So on paper, I was like living the dream. But in reality, I felt completely empty inside. You know, um, I was I was building this company, I would go home every day, and I would feel so unhappy and so unfulfilled. You know, I was just so lost and so stuck. And and I was so unfulfilled that I would get home every day. And I would smoke weed just to distract myself from the situation that I was in. Right. And you know, Sundays were Sunday nights were my least favorite night of the week, because I knew I had to get up on Monday and go do something that I hated. And, you know, the world said, once you have this kind of success, once you raise money, once you have employees, then you'll be happy. And so I thought I was building a palace and it was actually a prison. And, and, you know, it was just horrible because it's like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, I can have all the success. We're on our way to building a hundred million dollar company. And eight months from that point, we were going to raise another $2 million from investors. And before I was 30, I'd be a multimillionaire, but it was just like, my, my spirit is just dying inside. And, and that hurt because I had sacrificed everything to get to this point. You know, my, my family, my relationships, my health, I sacrificed everything to get here and just to realize that it was empty, uh, just like that messed me up. And, um, so I remember sitting in at the time I didn't believe in God, didn't believe in Jesus. I believed in the universe. Yeah. It's like the universe. I am the universe. And so, um, I remember sitting one day and I'm like, how did I get to this point? Like, I should be happy. I have the worldly success. I have all these things but I'm so empty inside. And I realized I don't have purpose. I don't know my purpose in life. And, and so I started looking, how did I get to this point? I had this massive realization that I got here because I spent my entire life listening to my head rather than my heart. 
Mm. I spent my entire life chasing money rather than fulfillment. And that led me to spending my entire life chasing someone else's dream. And, and from that moment on, I made a promise that for the rest of my life, I was going to follow what's inside of me. You know, I was going to follow, you know, what's in my heart. I didn't know back then that, you know, the Bible talks about (laughs) don't follow your heart, (laughs) Um, but that's what I did. You know, that's all I knew. And, and so that led to the day that changed my, my future forever. Um, I was sitting in the living room with my, my girlfriend at the time, and we're having this like little argument just back and forth, like just this tiny little argument. And there's something inside me that says it's over. Mm. And I'm like, it's over. This is the girl that I'm supposed to marry. We already have our future kids named. We already have, you know, what we're going to do after I sell the company and and we walk away millionaires. I was like, but I promised that I would listen to that. And, and so she stops talking and I look at her and I say, I'm breaking up with you. And she goes, and her eyes get really big and fill with tears. And then my eyes get really big and fill with tears. And then without even saying a word, she gets up, she walks in the kitchen, she grabs her car keys and she walks out the door. Mm. And the moment the door slams, my whole future disappeared. And I'm sitting there like, what did I just do? And I'm experiencing these two very intense emotions. You know, I, I look and my future just disappeared. And on one end, I'm terrified. Everything that I had planned is just, it's gone like that. And so there's nothing in front of me. And on the other side of that terror is excitement. Because if there's nothing in front of me, I can create anything. And so I'm sitting there going back and forth between laughing and crying and I don't know what to do. So I (laughs) I close my eyes. I put my hands on my heart and I ask God, universe, whatever I called it back then. I said, what's next? And before I could even finish the word next, something in me says India. So I open my eyes and I say, I'm moving to India. And immediately my mind is like, what? India? Are you out of your mind? You have a company. You hate the heat. You hate germs. You hate traveling. What? what, what, what?" But I promised that for the rest of my life, I would listen to, to my heart. And so six months later, I downsized my company. I gave away all my stuff and I bought a one-way ticket to Nepal. My plan was to be gone three months and I ended up being gone three years. So I lived at a yoga and meditation retreat in Nepal for three months in the Himalayas. Um, I traveled through Myanmar for a month. I lived in Thailand for two years. I lived with monks. I worked in an elephant sanctuary. And then everything really shifted when I moved to Bali. So if anyone has ever seen Eat, Pray, Love, I lived in the same city, Ubud, where she lived. Wow. Um, and it's a totally different world there. Like you, you go to Abud and it's in the jungles of Bali and there's monkey forests and, and everyone's walking around in like white linen clothing saying namaste. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a whole different world. Perfect for new age spirituality. Like yeah, everything, sure. crystals, sound bath, you know, all sure, of this, sure, everyone sure. worshiping the universe, everyone manifesting. And, yep. and so I got there and I'm like, this is where I'm meant to be. And that's actually when I started my coaching business for the first time. And so um, I gave this talk at this co-working space. And and after that talk, I launched my coaching business. And I ended up coaching 100 people one-on-one in my first eight weeks. Holy moly. Yeah, it was crazy. And and that's when I realized, like, man, there are so many people that are struggling with this battle between, you know, their head and their heart, yeah. their mediocre self, their greatest self, um, yeah. you know, who I say now, who the, who the enemy trained you to be and who God created you to be, mm-hmm. you know, so and there's good. this, you know, and I would call it your inner sheep and your inner lion. Yes. And and so from there, I, I launched the brand Eight Billion Lions and started coaching and speaking on stages. And I ended up coming back to the U.S. You know, I... I left that journey just just so unhappy, so unfulfilled, so lost, not knowing my purpose. And I came out of that three years, you know, finding my purpose, having passion, you know, just a totally transformed person. And I got back to the US and I thought I was just going to take off. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this and is I it. Didn't. I didn't at all. I, mm-hmm. I I came back and I started I stayed with my aunt. 
She had a spare bedroom, which was her cat's room. And so (laughs) I was living in the cat room, completely broke, uh, driving like a 1989 piece of junk like (laughs) car that it was half spray painted green because I couldn't even afford a second can of spray paint. It was just like, I was so stuck and it was so frustrating. And I was like, I don't understand. You know, I I know my purpose, but why can't I live into my potential? I'm full Mm. of greatness. Why can't I live into it? Mm, And I struggled through that over the last two or three years. Yeah. I ended up moving out to LA um, and my girlfriend at the time was living here. And and this was a different girlfriend. Uh, This one I was sure was my soulmate. Like the universe told me she's my soulmate. (laughs) Um, and, and then one day, and it was about a year and a few months ago, I found out that she was inappropriately talking to another guy mm. and it just like, yeah. never been more crushed in my life, never been more heartbroken before in my life. And this was on a Saturday and I talked to my coach and he's like, listen, man, I know it hurts. I know it's horrible. I know you just want to lay in bed for the next year, but you got to go be around people go be around good people, community of good people. And I'm like, I just got to LA. Like, I don't know a community of good people. Yeah. And I was watching this video and someone mentioned church. And I was like, church, <laughs> church. I'm so against church. I'm so against the Bible. I'm so against Jesus. Like, you know, and, and, but I was desperate. I was heartbroken. And so I Googled churches in LA. I saw the first one. It was like, that looks really boring. I saw the second one called fearless LA. And it's in a, in a warehouse with neon lights, a glass stage. The pastor wears ripped jeans and a Harley Davidson jacket. I'm like, ooh, this <laughs> yes. is cool. Like, I'm like, I'll go check this out. And so the next day I got up, I dragged myself to church. And the moment I walked into that building, I just felt I'm meant to be here. Mm. And But I remember walking in there and I'm looking at everyone. I'm like, these people are crazy. <laughs> like, you actually believe Jesus is real? You actually believe the Bible's the truth? Like, don't you guys understand that that's, that's not true. And I was so arrogant and just so looking down on everyone. And, um, but every time I, every single Sunday, I would cry my eyes out every single Sunday. It was like (laughs) something. So I just kept coming back, kept coming back. Then I did something crazy because I was like, okay, I've pursued the truth for my whole life. You know, I've tried uh, Buddhism. I've tried Hinduism. I've tried new age. I've tried, you know, personal, but I've tried everything and none of it has worked. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to pursue Jesus because I just want to figure out the truth. I don't care if Jesus is real. I just care to find the truth. And so I went all in. I joined the church internship at church. I was there 40 or 50 hours a week. And, and I wasn't a believer, you know, when, when I came and spoke and in Denver at EYA last year, I wasn't a believer. Right. And, and so I'm, uh, you know, I'm just pursuing God, pursuing God. But at the same time, I'm like, I will not believe in you until you physically show yourself and I can like touch you. And, come and on. it was just challenge like, God. That's always uh, fun. Oh, yeah. It God. was just like, it was just like, come on, prove it. Where are you? Jesus? Yeah. Where are you, Jesus? And then it was miracle after miracle after miracle. And, and then the moment that, that changed everything is, um, I, there was a uh, Kirk Franklin in Maverick city. They were doing a concert, like a, a free concert, uh, in Skid Row, which in LA Skid Row is like, yeah crazy like yeah. crazy homelessness everywhere just the yeah. streets are lined with tents and drug Drugs. addiction and yeah it's crazy murder it's just crazy and uh they were doing a concert there uh, on down one of the streets and my church needed volunteers and i was like okay i'll volunteer you know maybe yeah. i'll go and set up chairs whatever we get there and our pastor's like okay guys we're the prayer team i was like what <laughs> like no, I don't pray for people. I don't even believe. Like, in I don't even Jesus. believe that the prayer would work. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh! So how am I going to pray for people? And and so we get to our tent, and they start letting all the people in. And so many homeless people that are just struggling with addiction and yeah. anger and and all these things. 
And I'm sitting in the back of the tent. And I could have sat there all day because I was like, oh, there's people up there praying. I'm good. I could just sit here. And God's like, go pray for people. And I'm like, no way. Now, mind you, I didn't believe in God, but God kept speaking to me like all the time. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like clearly. sitting there and I'm like, no way. You know, I think we probably all experience where God tells us to do something and we're just like, mm, no. Yeah. Not like, gonna happen. I made, right. I did that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and so he tells me to go pray. And so I'm just like, okay. So I pick up a sign that says need prayer. And, and I walk out there and I just stand there and people are walking by. And this lady just stops and she just looks at me. And I like look at her and in my mind, I'm like, what do you want? What are you doing? And then I remember, oh, Chris, look at the sign you're holding. Need prayer? <laughs> and I look down. I'm like, oh, do you need prayer? And she's like, yeah. And, and so I'm like, oh, I've never really prayed for someone. I don't know what to do. Okay, what do you need prayer for? And, and she tells me this horrible story of how her son died and she thinks it's mm-hmm. her fault. I start praying for her and she just like starts crying, weeping and falls against the fence. And, and she's this homeless lady and she's, you know, just so like depleted and and so I pray for her and, and she walks away and I'm in tears because I'm just like, man, I thought my life was hard. That's nothing. And um, and then I, I'm holding the sign and I'm just like rocked. And then another lady walks up to me, super skinny. Like you could just tell she's been doing a lot of drugs her life, you know, older. And and she looks at me and I'm like, oh, not again. OK, you need prayer. And And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, what do you need prayer for? And she says all these things. And I say, OK, and what's your name? And she looks at me and she says, Jesus Christ. And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> is this a demon? If I touch her, am I going to get possessed? Like, can you say that? Like, is, is that okay? And in my mind, I'm panicking. I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I'm out there on my own. And, and I'm just like, okay, maybe she's like confused, you know? And right. so I, I ask her a few more questions. I ask her a few more questions. And, and then again, at the end, I say, okay, and what's your name again? And she looks at me and she says, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, okay, just, just go with it. I don't know what else to do. Go with it. So I put my hand on her shoulder. I start praying for her and just pray for all these different things. And then when I'm done, she says, thank you. Because you love me enough to pray for me, you will be blessed seven times over, blah, 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 blah. And she's like prophesying over me. It sounds like she's like speaking from the Bible. And I'm like, this is like a a crazy drug addict, like homeless person that's telling me this. And she walked away and I'm like, I'm standing there and I'm like, I don't know if that was a demon or if that was Jesus. Like, can yeah. Jesus actually speak through someone? Like, is that real? Like, because uh, I'm not even a believer. Sure. You know, sure. I'm so new to this. I'd only been Yeah, you're like, you have no idea months. what's going on. Yeah. yeah so I'm just like, well, okay, whatever. So two hours later, the church or the, uh, the, the concert gets ready to start and I'm standing in the crowd and there's thousands of people, right? Thousands of people pouring through. And all of a sudden I get a tap on my shoulder and I look back and it's her. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> like, no, it's a demon. Like she's got me. And, and she leans over and she says, Selah, S-E-L-A-H. Look it up. And that's all she says. And she walks away. And I'm like, I've never heard of that before in my life. I Google it real quick. And Selah means like to rest, to pause in God's presence. It's only in the Bible like three or four times. And I'm just like, okay. Okay. All right. All right. And and she leaves and, and the concert starts and we're in the back. So we're, we're way in the back. And I find these, there's this little side route to get to the front. And so me and everyone from our church, we go to the front and Kirk Franklin's up there and, you know, Chandler Moore and, you know, all these people from Maverick city and halfway through the concert, I look up and I see uh, Chandler Moore's shirt and it's like this old school, like basketball camp shirt. Yeah. 
And in really tiny letters, it says, Selah Church. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> there's no way. Like, there's no way this is real. Like, I even, uh, I took a screenshot of it. I don't know if yeah. people will be able to see it. But right oh, yeah. there. Wow. And you've never heard and of this word ever at this point. Never in my life. Like, yeah. I'm like, what is this? She had to tell me how to spell it. And so yeah. I'm like rocked and I'm like, it means rest. So then I decided um, to take a 10 day rest, not doing my internship, no coaching calls, nothing. And I just knew like, I was like, God, I know you're going to perform a miracle in the last three days. I do a fast on the 10th day. I've been resting. I've been fasting. I wake up that morning and I feel so discouraged. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God, I really thought you were going to do something like I, yeah, I've rested and that's been great, but yeah. I'm so disappointed. Like I'm heartbroken because I really thought you were going to do something. Like how could that lady speak to me and then see the shirt and then all these things. And I sit down to read the Bible and God just comes through mm-hmm. and I just start writing and I start writing and I start writing. And he helps me understand that Chris, you've always believed you just didn't know it. And the only thing that you're dealing with is your spirit, your soul, your heart knows that I'm real. Even your head knows that I'm real, but your head can't understand why. And in that confusion, the enemy has taken that confusion and made you think you don't believe in me. But even your mind knows that I'm real. Even your mind knows that I'm God. Mm -hmm. But the enemy has taken that and he's twisted it into you not believing in me. Mm. And I fall to my knees and I start crying and I'm like, I've always believed. And he shows me that everyone is born a believer. We're brainwashed into not believing. Everyone knows deep in their heart and soul yeah. Yeah. who Jesus is. It is it is in their DNA. It is in their yeah. spirit. And I fall to my knees and I just start crying and weeping. The next day, Sunday, I show up to church. I give my life to Jesus. I'm on my hands and knees and I'm just like, oh. um, and yeah. and that's when I gave my life to Jesus. And that was only six months ago and changed everything, changed everything, everything, everything. You know, my company used to be called 8 Billion Lions because it was all about, you know, making helping everyone be their lion, their greatest self. Well, six right. months ago, God showed me this lion represents Jesus, the Lion of Judah. The, hand, yeah. the fist represents the righteous right hand or the victorious right hand of God. And the fingers represent wow. the crown. So this Come logo on. actually represents fighting for the kingdom of God. And I changed the the name of the company to Warriors of God because when a believer finds their purpose, they become a warrior and they can fight to expand the kingdom. And now I do purpose coaching for believers so they can become warriors and be who God created them to be. Holy moly. (laughs) And I'm just like, There are so many things to unpack here because first off. Right. (laughs) Well, it is. It's just the beginning. And it also has this finality of this past version of self. And it's Mm. so indicative of what the world is walking through right now. And this Mm. mysticism and this skepticism and this fear and yet curiosity, it's like a push and pull, a push and pull all the time. And so they're being presented with these Hindu, Buddhist, you know, India type experiences, and it's not actually filling the void because it's not actually real. It's an element of realism. Those things might have truth connected to them, but only because the divine God himself created elements of those truths. And Mm. so it's wild that 
you you played in that territory for so long because you're going to be able to speak in to the people who are still seeking so, so much and need that clarity. They just need clarity is what it is. And I yeah. love that you said like you've always known and the enemy is just confused, distracted, destroyed, all of those sense of big T truths and tried to give you small T truths to satisfy. And that's what success is. It's like a, a simple satisfaction that doesn't breathe life. It actually mm. destroys life because people think that that is fruit and it's not. It's not. There's no seed connected to said success. You get the thing and you're like, this is it. There's nothing more for me to do. So I want to talk about the element of purpose connected to what it is that you were seeking, what it is that you've now found. And warriors of God, warriors have a job day in and day out. They're on mm -hmm. guard 24-7. So talk to me about how your energy levels have now, because you've always had this energy. You've always mm -hmm. been able to, to do overdrive. How knowing your purpose and knowing your relationship with the Lord and seeking after him, have you been able to shift that energy? And how is the Lord responding to you in that? Well, for the first time, I'm actually living into my potential now. So remember, you know, I went and went on this crazy soul searching journey in Southeast Asia, got clear on my purpose, came back, and then for three years, got nowhere, really. Just yeah. struggled, struggled, struggled. And um, six months ago, you know, all, all this stuff happened like six months ago. God showed me that, you know, purpose plus God equals your potential. There's an equation for living into your potential. I had purpose, but I didn't have God, so I couldn't live into my potential. And this was the crazy thing is I walk into church and I see all these people have God, but 87% of believers don't know their purpose. Right. And so they have God, they don't have purpose, so they can't live into their potential so because good. your purpose is God's plan for you. You know, the word says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And when we look at when he says plans to prosper you, well, that actually, if you look down into the depths of it, what it actually means is plans to complete you and make you whole. That's what that word actually means. And so he's mm. given us a purpose. He has plans for us. And so I walk into church and I'm like, for me as a new believer, I'm like, why aren't believers running the world? Yes. We have God. Yes. Yes. Like, are you kidding me? We have, yes. we have God. Like what is missing here? And God showed me they're missing purpose Yeah. because they're just believers. They're not yeah. warriors. Right. They don't know what they're fighting for. They don't have clarity. They don't know what their gifts are. They don't know what their weapons are. They don't know what facet of the enemy they're meant to fight. And so the amazing thing is God gave me this, this six-step framework. It's, it's like a six-piece purpose puzzle, and it's all the six pieces that a believer needs to get clarity on to get crystal clear on their purpose. And so when a believer finds their purpose, they become a warrior. They know what they're fighting for. They know what facet of the enemy they're attacking. You know, they know the people that they're fighting for. You know, who are the prisoners of war that the enemy has captive that they need to fight and set free? Come on. Because when we look at, you know, warriors, that's a specific role in the kingdom. So, you know, in, in the kingdom, there's warriors, there's carpenters, there's gardeners, there's street sweepers. Well, the warriors are the ones that go outside the walls of the kingdom and they advance the kingdom. They yeah. protect the kingdom. They yeah. fight for the people that can't fight for themselves. And, and so this, this warrior is, it's a, it's a person who's on fire for God, who's in alignment with the purpose, living into it and fighting to advance the kingdom. And, and it's, it's so powerful because I walk into church and I just look at believers in general and they are, th their faith is their greatest gift. And when they align their faith with their purpose, it's powerful. But I walk into church and it's a spirit of confusion everywhere. 87% yeah. of believers will die never knowing their purpose. Mm. And that's what the enemy loves. And the enemy has structured society to not focus on purpose. 
you know, there's no purpose class in elementary school or middle no, school or high absolutely school. Absolutely not. You know, it's like if you want to find your purpose, where are you supposed to go? And it's elusive. Yeah. And the thing that kind of drives me crazy is so many pastors talk about purpose. You got to know your purpose. You got to live in your purpose. You got to align with your purpose. And I'm just like, how are they supposed to find it? Right, right. What's the deeper level here? Yeah, exactly. And right. so then God gave me this framework um, so to help believers find their purpose in six phone calls, like six calls. I could do it in six hours. I could do it in a single day and you will walk away being crystal clear on your purpose in life. And I wish I could say I came up with it because the framework's brilliant, <laughs> but I stood at a whiteboard and I was like, okay, God, how do they find purpose? And then boom, five minutes, he gave me this framework so and I'm still learning about it. I'm still discovering right? it. Right. And, and the brilliance of it. And and so um, that's where I'm on a mission right now to to turn believers into warriors by helping them find their purpose. Because if believers knew their purpose, we'd be running the world. We'd be running the media industry, the fashion industry, the finance industry, the government, yep. all of that stuff. Yep. But there's this like um, there's this smallness. There's this mediocrity. There's this, yep. this spirit of fear that I see over believers because they don't know who they are and they don't know who God has called them to be. Like, I know I'm here to lead a revolution that changes the world. I'm here to lead a revival. Yeah. You know, yes. I'm here to, yes. to go out there and find those believers who know they have greatness in them and pull that greatness out of them by helping them get clear on their purpose and then bringing them together in a family. Because God gave me a number. He said 4,124. There are 4,124 believers out there that are meant to be warriors that are going to come into this family, find their purpose, live into it, and they're going to be world changers. They're the future Martin Luther Kings and Gandhis and, yeah. you know, the world changers. And I'm like, what? God, you want me to lead these people? You want me to lead them? Like, I'm, you got the wrong guy. I, I think you're looking for T.D. Jakes or, you know, <laughs> one of these other guys. I'm just Chris. Like, <laughs> No, that's the best part, though. That's right. what people need. The, they need the understanding of that because that's where their alignment, they're being able to raise their hand. They're being able to say, wow, I'm so much more like what God intended, just like a disciple, than what we perceive. And remember, at one point, T.D. Jakes was just T.D. Jakes, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And so now we have this elusiveness to him, this grandiose, because he's operating as a warrior. Yeah. And so there's this knowing that like there was an immersion. And, and when I saw you speak, Chris, I didn't know your faith palette, right? Mm -hmm. I knew where you had been and I knew that you had gone through the um, the universe conversation, <laughs> but I saw lot, the lion and the lamb the whole time mm -hmm. you were talking and you're talking mm -hmm. about it. And I was just like cheesing ear to ear. And I remember talking to Anthony, who you had an opportunity to talk with um, a lot that at that event. And we were both like, oh, God's got him. Like God's got him. So <laughs> it's wild because there are people who do see the clarity behind the logo before you see the clarity behind the logo. Mm -hmm. There are people who now you've become this person because the scales have been removed from your own eyes where you can look at someone and say, actually, I'm going to call it your greatness right now. Mm -hmm. And that woman, Jesus, <laughs> who you interacted with in that alleyway, it is this knowing that that person was calling you higher. And there are going to be people that come along. And if we don't lean in and listen, because we're just in that supersonic trailblazing fog. Mm. Um, another thing that you said that I see is so palpable is this need for clarity. Look at every nope. social media coach, right? Like I can give you clarity. And it's like, no, you can't give me that. God can give you that. Mm -hmm. But the clarity piece that's literally causing strife over and over and over again is just the spirit of confusion. 
It's yeah. the spirit of depression. It's the spirit of anxiety. And most of it is attached to the fact that people are trying to prove their faith by their works, which mm. we know is not the way that we are loved. It's yeah. not, God doesn't look to us for that. Does he want to equip us to be able to serve and to bring more people into the kingdom? A thousand percent. But he doesn't love Chris more today because he's doing his works than he did six months ago, than he did when he was traveling through India. And I think that's where people can hold and harbor shame and then stay in that place of confusion because they're really just identifying themselves as their past and not their potential. Mm, 100%. And, and that's where... Sorry and not sorry that I am interrupting your very incredible podcast with an interjected commercial on something else that I find really important or I wouldn't put it in the middle of the show because the show is rich. But I am witnessing over and over again with marketplace ministers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders who haven't yet figured it out on how do I break through this glass ceiling of finances connected to freedom and prosperity, which is God promised. It's a location and it's a place of being and it's something that's blocking you. And I want to help teach you that truth can be taught and value can be given without me needing to offer you anything. But I am going to offer you something. <laughs> I'm going to offer you an opportunity to come connect and experience and learn and sit alongside others who are learning in a two-day mastermind training. This is content that we share inside of our 25K Mastermind, and so we want to fully make it open to the public with intention of equipping you to do the thing you're called to do. We're so tired of people not being able to break through this, this, this bondage. And so it's 30, 50, 100K months. It's a methodology that has been cracked by an incredible marketing company that works with some of the top influencers in the world. And so all of that data has been collected to teach this strategy in addition addition to teaching you the multi-channel influence that I know you're going to need in order for you to propel the message God has put on your heart. So that's a lot. All you need to know is go to tamarit.live to get the goods, to sign up, to claim your seat today. It's only two days. It's six hours. It's going to be the most highly invested time that you could possibly spend with this six hours because it's really expensive if you don't. Do you want to lose 100K a month? I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't. We need this to come in and funnel through our experience. So when you put your name and email, it's super quick. You'll see, you'll get to talk to someone on my team to make sure it's the right fit. I don't want you wasting your time and I surely don't want you wasting your energy. And so... Yeah, that's that for now. Anyway, keep enjoying this show, and I'm so grateful you're in the community. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you, hopefully, at the Mastermind Workshop. You know, I see so many people, um, they get stuck because, you know, when I see a believer who doesn't know their purpose, they're on the sideline. Yep. Well, you know, the opposing team, you know, if you look at a football game, if you're on the sideline, they're not worried about you. They're not thinking about yeah. you. Yeah. And so I see 87% of believers are on the sideline. The enemy doesn't have to worry about them. They're not a threat. The enemy is only worried about the people on the field. Well, that's a very small percentage of the team. You know, that's like 12 guys out of 60 people on the team that are on the football field. And, and so when, when I look at these believers, it's like so many of them are on the sidelines because they don't know their purpose. They don't even know what game they're playing. Right. They don't right, know, right. you know, what problem right. they're solving in the world and who they're solving it for. They don't know their core gifts. And right. so when a believer finds their purpose, they actually step onto the field. And, and they're not just anyone. They're the star quarterback, so every single good. one of them, you know, they're the star running back. 
they're the star wide receiver. Now, what happens is when you step onto the field and you're an all-star player, well, the enemy sees you as a threat, so you're going to get double teamed, triple teamed. Yeah. You know, and and the interesting thing is like when a believer finds their purpose and they start to step into it, the attacks come because now you're a threat. Now you can destroy some things and the enemy doesn't want that. And so it's interesting because in sports, when you're double teamed or triple teamed, it's considered an honor. You're you're the best. Yeah. In in life, when (laughs) when we're attacked by the enemy, it's like, oh, it's like, no, I don't want this. And it's like, it's an honor. Yeah. Like when you are getting attacked, when your business falls apart, when your finances get destroyed, when this relationship ends with it's like it is an honor. It is an honor because you have so much greatness inside of you that you make hell nervous. And so it's like our team of believers, you know, which is close to 3 billion people, they are all star players. They're all MVPs. But the problem is the enemies convince them that they're not, that they're fifth string players. And so they sit on the sidelines. But when you find your purpose, you know you have greatness inside of you. You cannot deny it. And you know that you cannot live into it without God. Because, you know, I'd go to all these personal development events and all these people would know their purpose, but they wouldn't know God. Right. Right. And then I go to church and all these people know God, but they don't know their purpose. So good. And so it's like there's this this thing missing. And so it's like God is giving me the missing puzzle piece. Yeah. And and the the crazy thing is I, I was at church a few days ago and or, or it was last week that I was at church and and God really kind of rebuked me. He's like, mm-hmm. Chris, I have given you a seed. Yeah. This purpose framework is a seed. And it's not meant to be a tree. It's meant to be a forest. Mm. And you are not stewarding it. Mm. You are hiding it from my children. This is their freedom. Come on. And every single one who interacts with this framework and gets clear on their purpose is going to lead millions of my children back to me. They're going to go out and find millions of lost sheep and you're hiding it. You're, you're focused on this. You're working on that. You're doing this. I gave you that framework to, be, to bring to believers. Come on. Because it's going to set them free. And when they get clarity on that, you know the enemy doesn't stand a chance. Because once a believer finds their purpose, they become unstoppable. They're a warrior. Now, the crazy thing that I've learned is that when you find your purpose and you start living into it, when you have that crystal clarity and you start living into it, your relationship with God skyrockets to a new level because you cannot live into your purpose without obedience. Yeah, He's guiding your steps now, not you. It is an absolute surrender. Every day it's like, okay, God, okay, God, okay, God. And so many believers, they don't want to take that kind of leap of faith because you're jumping off the cliff and you don't know if there's a net. Well, and you look crazy. (laughs) Most of the time you just look crazy, right? Like all the disciples who just like left their job, left their family, (laughs) left their hometown, left all their belongings, left their finances. It doesn't make sense to people, especially people who are closest to you. And so we have this friction of the box in which has been created around us to exist in. And now God gets a hold of us. We now understand this element of purpose and we're kicking down walls and we're like, ah, yeah, like I'm going to take on the world. (laughs) And people are like, you don't have any, no, you, you're not that person. You need to sit down, right? They're trying to put you back on the bench. And so how do you encourage people to keep moving after that point. Cause there are the attacks. There are that hard, yeah. that hard understanding, obviously understanding that the Lord will speak to you, but it takes the act that takes the faith action every day. Yeah. And, and so for me, uh, when I talk to a believer there, there's two parts of purpose, there's finding it. And then there's living into it, mm-hmm. you know, there's boot camp, and then there's the battlefield. 
That's good. So when I bring someone through finding their purpose in six weeks, that's a six week boot camp that prepares them for a lifetime of battle. And so they have to go from the boot camp to the battlefield. Well, the thing is, no warrior is going to step on the battlefield by themselves. But so many of us try to do this. We try to fight the enemy alone. We try to build our businesses alone. We try to overcome our challenges alone. And so what God showed me is, Chris, you're going to help people find their purpose. But the second part is you're going to help them live into it. And in order to do that, they need community. So what Warriors of God really is, is it's a family of warriors who are fighting to expand the kingdom in their own unique way. And so what he showed me, you know, I was reading the Acts 2 and, and reading about that church and it was talking about they came together every day. They worshiped together every day. You know, they did these things every day and God added to their group. And so when I created Warriors of God, it's like they need to interact every day. They need to be reminded every day because every morning when they wake up, the enemy is going for the attack. Before they even get out of bed, the enemy is trying to attack yep. them. And so we need community, right? A house divided will fall. The enemy wants to divide all of us. The enemy wants us alone because if you're alone, your odds of fighting him on your own and winning are, are slim to none unless you just have an unbelievably powerful relationship with God, which a lot of us, we don't have that kind of relationship. So what we need is we need community. You know, we need other people. And, and so that's the key piece is we can't do this alone. You would never walk onto a battlefield without other warriors. And, and that's the thing that I see is, you know, there's all these believers out there and they, they're trying to do it alone and they're getting destroyed. You know, there's yeah. no such thing as a one man football team. If you try to be a one man football team, you're, you're done. You, you yeah. can't, even, you can't even enter the league actually. No, you're not even no. welcome. <laughs> and and I so I want to talk about that specifically because this is a, you know, a podcast around faith, but specifically for faith driven entrepreneurs. And you've played on both sides of that token of being an entrepreneur and not in your faith and now being in your faith and now utilizing your gifting and entrepreneurship to catalyze yourself. And you, not you, but you know, God has gifted you that, that mindset, that vision, that apostolic anointing. And in entrepreneurship, you hear about this, this isolation of solopreneurship. And you mm. see these people trying to be a one man band and their main holdup, as I've seen is clarity we've talked about, but is the financial aspect of that. And how I think that the world has blanketed us with this impoverished mentality that we aren't capable or equipped and sharing our wealth is just a no-no. Like I'm not ever going to split my pie. This pie is for me. This is my gift. And so I've come in even in the last six months into this understanding of incorporating. I've always had a team, but now having partners within that team where we are splitting the pie. And it felt so hard for me. Like I, I had to get out of my ego. I had to understand like, God, was I facing pride this whole time? I didn't even realize that I've had this chasm between you and I because I created this with you. And I always had him in it since I've been in this business the last six years. But there's still this need for people to have revelation that of actually operating as the body of Christ is letting the body operate. And mm. you are not the head, the heart, the arm, the leg, the toe, the eyeball, the teeth, like you're not all of those things. And yeah. so equipping people in their understanding of purpose, you mentioned getting on the field and the whole time I just kept hearing position, position, mm. position. So when you know your purpose and you're now standing in your potential, you actually are now operating in the position that God has called you, equipped you to be in. And that position allows the eyes to be open to say, catch the ball. I need you <laughs> yeah. to catch the ball. I need, and, and also Selah, because there's going to be moments in that 
where we're going to need to catch wind. We're going to need to have a water break. And who's there helping you? Who's your Aaron and your her if you're a Moses? And we're all living in a Moses generation Mm. and we're taking people out of bondage. And yet we knew that there was a lot of discrepancy that happened when they were in that wilderness season. That's where I feel like we are. And it's like, Moses is Moses going to enter or is Joshua going to enter or who's going to be the one to take that torch. And I really feel like you're a Joshua bringing people Mm. out of this place of lack of clarity out of this Mm. wilderness season into the land of the milk and honey. It's pretty rad. It's pretty (laughs) incredible. Yeah. Well, you talk about position and, um, the one of the biggest things I've learned over the last six months when it comes to entrepreneurship as a believer is the first thing that you have to do, the, the most important thing, even before you get an idea or you start producing something or get your first, you know, dollar, yep. is you gotta make Jesus your CEO. Yep. Period. Because he's gonna build something that belongs to him. He's just using you. Yeah. Right. So so, so he's the carpenter, you're the hammer. He decide he knows the blueprint, right? The hammer is is just there to hit nails. That's yeah, it. That's good. You know, good. and and so many times, you know, we're trying to be the hammer and the carpenter at the same time, yes. and we're not. And we're nail. not meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so it's like this is where we get so stuck and we get so lost is we're trying to be the carpenter, and the reality is the carpenter knows the plans. He knows the blueprints. He knows what he's building. He knows the order that it's meant to be built in. So good. And and so and so we are just the hammer. We're the vessel. We're the gun. He's the bullet. And so we just have to be the vessel for him to be able to do his work. And so you have to make him the CEO of your company. You have That's where obedience comes in. And this is so hard for entrepreneurs. A big reason why entrepreneurs do their own thing is because they're so disobedient. They're so mm-hmm. rebellious. So like, good. I want to do my own thing. I, I want to work it. for myself. You know, <laughs> yes. they hate having bosses. They hate having doing all this stuff. Yes. And this is something I learned in my internship at church. I learned about authority. Yeah. I never knew about authority. I never knew how much the Bible talked about authority, how powerful yes. it was. Because the moment anyone ever told me what to do, in my mind, I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope. It's immediate, <laughs> no. But it's an aggressive no. Like, they're getting the finger in my mind. Like, uh, it's no. like, no, no. And, I was and, more and like the, okay, and then go oh. over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's battle time. Did you just tell me what to do? Oh, it's it's on. Uh, and so I was, I would not have that. your mom. Kudos to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I took pride in that. Like I'm rebellious. And, and what I actually learned is that rebellion, that rebellion spirit, that rebellious spirit yep. is just disobedience. Yep. And, and so God showed me in the internship where I have someone asking me to scrub toilets and I'm just like, me, do you know me? You know who I am? You know what I've done? Like you want me to scrub a toilet? And, and it's like, I learned obedience <laughs> because if God can't trust you, how can he hand over his his kingdom to you? Yeah. Like he can't do it because a lot of us as entrepreneurs that are believers, we're trying to build an empire on sand. Come on. And God's not going to let us do that. He loves us too much to allow us to build an empire on sand. We have to build an empire on stone. Yep. And, and he is the stone. He is the rock. He is the firm foundation that won't be shaken. And so we have to build our businesses on him. Now, the scary thing about that is a lot of times the businesses that we build for him don't look anything like the business that we want to create ourselves. Yeah. And that's that's where as entrepreneurs, we have to let go of control. We have to let go of control. Yeah. Because this, I never planned ever in my life to ever Mm -hmm. even talk to believers. Believers were my enemy. The Bible was my (laughs) enemy. Jesus was my enemy. I was teaching the whole world new age spirituality through this. 
the lion and sheep. And so many believers would say, is this, is this, is this, is this, Jesus? no, what do you guys talk? Why do you guys keep saying in your eyes? You just literally couldn't see. No, it was just like, and it was just like, no, what? Stop asking me that. And now I see it. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like our pastor literally wears this shirt on stage all the time. (laughs) You didn't know what it meant, but he knew what it meant before you even became (laughs) a Christian. It's crazy. It's so so cool. What I'm learning in this journey as an entrepreneur is this business belongs to him. Yeah. And he has called each one of us to build empires, but that empire is part of his kingdom. That empire belongs to him. So you have to make him your CEO and you have to get really, really good at doing this and saying, okay, God, he's going to call you to do things that makes that that don't make sense. I remember, you know, I I upgraded my coaching. I came up with the framework and I I was about to take it from this price to a a whole new price that is totally justifiable, especially for coaches. Absolutely. And, and I was getting ready to launch it and God asked me, what if you're doing it all wrong? Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean? When you raise the value, you raise the price. That's just how yeah. coaching works. And this yeah. is incredibly valuable. People are actually getting a discount. Right, right, right and, right. and and I'm like, what do you mean? What if I'm doing it all wrong? What if you're doing it all wrong? And I'm like, so God, you want me to raise the value and decrease the price? Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no chance I'm doing that. Coaches don't do that. <laughs> like you no, don't do that. The more the valuable you get, like, like God, I've coached over a thousand people one-on-one, one-on-one. Yeah. Like, uh, like uh, this is a brilliant framework. Now I know you gave it to me, God, but it's brilliant. And people will pay a ton of money for it. 87% of people on the planet don't know their purpose. They're desperate for clarity and purpose and to live a life that they love. And they're inspired by and passionate about like, God, I could easily. But if you go back to that seed, that seed (laughs) that he said, I gave you a seed. Yep. And so I get on this call and, and, and right before that, I'm like, okay, God, if, if, if you, if, if you, if it was your pricing, what would it be? And it was like 25% of what I was going to charge, 75% off. And I'm like, I literally was like, no, not going to happen. Nope, not going to happen. Get on a call with someone who wants to do a purpose assessment. And in the middle of the car, she just, or in the middle of the car, in the middle of a call, she just breaks down and starts crying, crying her eyes out. Chris, I'm so frustrated. I know I'm full of so much potential. I'm not living into it. I feel like such a failure and a loser. And I feel so unfulfilled and lost and stuck. And it's the worst feeling. And she's crying her eyes out. And God takes me back to when I was 27 years old, mm-hmm. running a company I hated, totally lost, not knowing my purpose, completely unfulfilled, and just helpless and hopeless. Mm-hmm. And I start crying my eyes out. Mm-hmm. I'm crying with her. And and it just rocks me. God just like, I still get goosebumps talking about it. Like, it was just like, God reminded me of how horrible it felt. Yeah. And we get to the end of of the thing. And she wants to talk about purpose coaching. And I show her. And it's the new pricing. It's the upgraded pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not, you're not going to believe this, but it's actually 75% cheaper than that. And she signed up on the spot. And then I did 11 phone calls after that. Nine people signed up. I made more money in a month than I've ever made in my life. Oh, and, wow. And what God showed me in that is he said, Chris, I am sending you. I lost sheep. Mm. You cannot turn them away because of money. Right. You can, the Bible says you cannot worship both money and God. And God, yeah. You got to serve one. And so, and what he helped me see is if I would have raised the price, zero out of the nine would have signed up because there's no way they would have been able to afford it. And I would have turned away nine warriors of God, nine of God's children, because a lot of them, they weren't believers. Wow. As we're working through their purpose puzzle, they can't deny. 
deny that God exists. It's impossible. Everything in their life makes sense. And every single one of them has bought a Bible. They're reading it. They're starting to go to church because it's like God is doing something. And so I look back and I'm like, yeah, I could have raised the price to this and gotten no clients. Yeah. But instead, I dropped it to what God said. I got nine clients, nine out of 11. Actually, now it's 10 out of 11 of those people Amazing. have signed up, which is like a 90% close rate, which is ridiculous yeah, in it's anything. insane. In but that's anything. God. That's God's exactly. plan. Right? Exactly. And, and it reminds me of, you know, you said, you know, earlier that, you know, we're going to look crazy. Well, yeah, we're, we look crazy until the blessing shows up. Yeah, there you go. Until they see the fruit and they're like, Whoa, exactly. What's, what's happening over there? <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, you, you, you want some of this. Ah, <laughs> exactly. okay, go on, right? And, oh, and, and the duplication yeah. of that is like, it's so beautiful. And it's so, we pray this prayer. If you know the Lord's prayer, our father who art in heaven, all the name, blah, 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 and it says thy kingdom come, yes. thy will be done. And yes. what the church, the body of Christ is doing is they're like, Holding that as in when Jesus comes back, all of this will happen. Or when Mm -hmm. I make my way to heaven, but literally the prayer itself and Jesus himself is trying to get through to us that you can experience that goodness right here on earth. It was his plan since the garden. And if we can realize that we're in this state of chaos, not because of ourselves, but because of sin, and Mm. we can have that act of obedience as an act of faith, as a trust fall, every single time we do something out of the blue that looks really anti-culture, God is going to provide so much more than you could ask, hope, or imagine. And it's going to be things like blueprints. And it's going to be things like the amount of money that's in your bank account. And it's going to be the things that your heart does want because your heart has now been replenished and renewed by his heart. So when mm. we seek him first, it does say that he will give you all the desires of your heart. And people get confused. And you mentioned at the beginning, they're like, wait, I thought you just told me my heart is fickle and I shouldn't listen to my heart at all. And this verse tells me that I should, I'm going to get all the desires of my heart. How does that make sense? Mm. It's because mm. of the renewed factor. He's literally given you a new heart, his heart, and all of those desires come to fruition because you're not doing it out of selfishness. You're not doing it out of greed. You're not doing it out of lust. You're not doing it out of a pride, but we still look crazy in the process. And that's <laughs> yeah. something I love, actually. People think, are like, you're peculiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am, <laughs> right? So well, I am just like amazed by what God has done. And it's just getting started. It really is just getting started. But I love that there has been revelation of his persistence, his reckless pursuit of you, his I've never left you or forsake you at all of these different sanctions of your life. Oh, it's it's just been incredible. And like, I, I look at my life and I, I swear on a daily basis, I, you know, I document my life every day. So I've been uh, today's day 887. So I've been cool. recording videos every day for the last 887 days, 4000 videos documenting my life before I was a believer, you know, all these things, you know, that journey. And so I document my life every day. And there's so many miracles that I have to do five or six or seven or eight videos a day, because he just keeps showing up. And it's only been six months, like in in and it's just like, it's crazy, because on a daily basis, I'm like, I can't be more happy than this. This is impossible. I can never be more happy or fulfilled or inspired or passionate than I am today. And then something happens the next day. And I'm like, what? This is crazy. This is like, what is going on? And what I'm getting really good at doing, and this is what we have to do as believers and as entrepreneurial believers, is we got to get really good at stepping out, zooming out, 
Mm-hmm. Right. We get so in it. We get so like tunnel vision and we get stuck in the tunnel. Well, sometimes you got to get out of the tunnel and look where the tunnel's going. You got to actually see the direction God's taking us. And so I'm in this phase right now where I've never in my life had so many opportunities in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's overwhelming how many opportunities are in front of me. It's mind blowing to me. And and I look at these opportunities and I'm starting to zoom out. And I'm starting to see like how they all connect, like everything is connecting, all these pieces are coming together. And when I see how, you know, you know, it's like when you, when you lay out a bunch of puzzle pieces on the table, well, if you're right up close, only focusing on one or two, you can't see, but if you zoom out, you can start to see like a picture coming together. Yeah, And and I see that, you know, what he's starting to do, because I know my purpose, you know, I know my core gifts, my my vehicle that I meant to express my purpose to the world is a revolution a mm-hmm. revival. And my core gifts are speaking, inspiring, leading and influencing. I'm meant to be on stages. Yeah. And right now he's preparing me. He's doing mm-hmm. all these things. Someone from church came up and wants purpose coaching, but she can't afford it. So we're doing trade and she's designing a full custom wardrobe for me. Rad. That's my own custom wardrobe for, for warriors That's of God. Rad. You know, I have a video person who's going to take all the recordings I do and put them in videos and put them out there. And, and at church, I just, they asked me to be the director of connection. So I'm responsible for all the new people, the new believers and everyone that just got saved and, and to help them create a community and they're trusting me. I've only been a believer for six months and they're trusting me with all their new believers to take them from crawling to running with Jesus and, and to take all their, the new people that come to the church and help them become part of the community. I'm like, what are they thinking? Like, I'm just a new believer, but they've seen the transformation. Yep. You know, they, they've seen yep. it and it's undeniable. And so as, as mm-hmm. believers who are entrepreneurs, we got to get really good at zooming out and, mm-hmm. and trying to see God's plan. Because if we can see that it makes, when we zoom in, it makes it a lot more comfortable. There's yeah, a lot less fear good. and anxiety and worry and stress and all of these things, because we know he's got a plan. Yep. You know, if, if your bank account is empty, there's a plan to that. If your yes. bank account's full, there's a plan to that. Yes. If this client quit, there's a plan to that. If this idea didn't work out, there's a plan to that. And so we have to lean on him. We have to understand he knows where he's taking us, but we got to take time to zoom out and yeah. just be in awe of what God is doing. You know, I did this this morning before before getting on here. I just went and I sat outside and I look at all the things in front of me and mm-hmm. I, I've kept saying to myself, like, there's there's too many opportunities. Like, I how I don't have the time to do this. Like yeah. I can't yeah, actually yeah, yeah. do all of this. And, and, and then God was like, are they opportunities? Or are they blessings? Mm, very different, like subtly different, good. but very different, you know? Mm. And, and so I look at it, I'm like, wow, look at all the blessings. So when good. you see something as a blessing, you just receive it. Right. When you see something as an opportunity, you have to go claim it. You have to go work for it. You got to go do something. And as entrepreneurs, we're masterful at seeing opportunities, but we're not very good at seeing blessings Mm. because a blessing is something you receive. It's something that's given to you, right? An opportunity is something you have to go get. And so as entrepreneurs, we are such Mm. go-getters. It's a reason, there's a reason why it's called go-getters. We're go-getters, right? Not receivers, Right. And, and so and so this is Dude, something that for we me. have to do so good. Me too. I got chills because I didn't I just made that. <gasps> that God just gave so that to God. me. That was really like, good. I'm like, I, I got chills everywhere. <laughs> and and so we suck at receiving. It's just that's the reality. So and yeah. and that's what we have to do because we are his warriors. We are advancing mm-hmm. the kingdom. That's what we're yeah. doing. You know, yeah. we're going out there and we're taking ground with our businesses in the marketplace. And so if we don't receive and we're just constantly going and going and going. Well, if you could have a Lamborghini, but without the fuel, without the gas, it's useless. Yeah. 
Something. And your business is a Lamborghini. You're a Lamborghini. But if you don't receive, if you don't refuel yourself, mm-hmm. then then it, it's, it will all crumble because you can't yeah. carry that weight on your shoulders. It's impossible to carry the purpose that he has on your life. And, you know, I tell my clients, finding your purpose is easy. We could do that in six phone calls. We can do it in literally a day, in six hours. It's not hard. With the framework, it's so simple. It's so good. Living into your purpose is the hardest thing you will ever do in your life because it is going to call you to a level of greatness and spiritual maturity that you didn't even know was possible. And so as entrepreneurs, we have to learn how to receive the blessings. You know, God's going to give us so much that we don't have to work for. Yeah. We just get to receive it. And so before, you know, I I got the email from my, my clothing designer today and she wants me to fill out this and create a Pinterest board. And before this morning, I'm like, Oh, I have so much work to do. Uh, how am I going to get that done and this done? And it was like, this is a great opportunity, but I don't have time for this. How am I supposed? And then I go sit outside and I'm like, wow, what a blessing. So good. God, you're going to give me a fully custom wardrobe. I'm going to have like my own tag on it with my name or warriors of God on it. And she's going to design everything. I'm going to have patterns. I'm going to be able to stand on stage wearing an expression of my soul and all I have to do is give her six phone calls and she's going to give me like 20 articles of clothing that are fully customized wow god what a blessing I've always wanted something like this thank you god so much thank you and it was just like wow there's no heaviness to a blessing there's heaviness to opportunity it's so true that is so brilliant so good as entrepreneurs, we get we get weighed down by the opportunities. There's so many things in front of us. So we have to get really good at distinguishing an opportunity from a blessing. Because a blessing is something you sit in. It's something you receive. It's something that you rest in. It, it, it's something you don't have to work for. An opportunity is something you go out there and you get. You fight for it. You make it happen. And we get so lost in fighting for things. But in doing that, we edge God out of the equation. Yep, absolutely. Like Nothing you can't hear from him. That's why a exactly. lot of people are like, I can't. I don't know. I'm so, it's so chaotic. I'm moving at such a supersonic speed. You cannot hear from God in that p- posture. So yeah. it's about your position. It's about your posture. It's about your potential. It's about your purpose. Like all of this goes together. And as you were talking, the one thing that I was just seeing more so than I was hearing was in order to receive, you have to let go. And so mm. in the, the wild act of faith and that wild act of obedience, in order to receive said blessing, God is asking you to walk away from something else. And he asked you to walk away from a life of understanding, a life of this feels pretty good, the life of finances, the life of a love that was fleeting. Like there's so Mm. much more intimacy that's going to even be in the next relationship. I don't even know if you're dating someone, but for some reason I felt the need to say that (laughs) is this knowing that there's, there's so much more that the Lord wants to reveal to us but we have to be willing to let go of that comfort in order to step out and to be a true warrior. We're never hanging out in the comfort zone. That's no. not, that's not a part of what our calling is. Yeah. And so it's like, be bold, stand fierce. And obviously Ephesians six, make sure we're wearing the armor of God every single day. Cause it ain't an easy feat. No. And, and, and something that we're studying right now in warriors of God, we do uh, a call, 6 a.m. every day to study the word of God to just go deeper so we can so we can come together every day. And we're studying Jeremiah 12, 5, which says, if racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? Come on. And it's like as entrepreneurial believers, it's like, right, a lot of us, we're just racing against mere men. 
you know, and, and there's some versions of it that say foot soldiers or footmen, which yep. back in the, the in the times when, you know, they were doing war on horses and, and, yep. and foot, what they would do is the, the militaries, the armies, they would send in the foot soldiers first to tire everyone, to wear them down. Mm-hmm. Then they would send in the horses to just finish everyone off. And so when this talks, if racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? Well, when you find your purpose, you realize that you're meant to race against horses. Yeah. That there are things in this world that are massive darkness that you were meant to fight. Yep. And, and so what we are studying today, you know, it says if, you, if racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? And the only word we focused on was how. And we have to realize as entrepreneurs, God is our how. Yeah, that's good. God is our how, not you. You're not your how. How am I going to make this business work? How am I going to get this client? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? You're not your how. He's your how. You can't race against horses. You can't even race against footmen without getting tired, right? You can't even deal with the day-to-day issues of life like traffic without getting stressed or annoyed or frustrated. (laughs) So how in the world are you going to go out there and fight these demonic entities that are attacking people that you care about, souls that you're meant to save? How are you going to race against horses? And the how is him. So as entrepreneurs, the best thing that we can do is lean on him. And if we lean on him, he is going to lift us up to a level of success where the world is going to start looking at believers and they're going to say, look how happy and fulfilled and successful they are. Look at them. And they're going to do, and this is one of the most important moments of all of our lives as, as believers who are entrepreneurs at some point, God's going to take us to that level. And someone in the world's going to come to us and say, how did you do it? Yep. And in that moment, there's only two options. You either point to yourself or you point to him. And that will be the defining moment of your life as an entrepreneur. Because in the entrepreneurial world, in the influencer world, everything is about self-worship. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've done. As believers, we are meant to go to the highest heights. You know, we are meant to be lenders, not borrowers. And so when people come to us and say, how do you have it all? We point to him. Right? The word says you are the light of the world. Yes. And so we have to do that. But we have to understand Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, he's our how. He's our CEO. The CEO tells everyone what to do. And so we have to get really good at being obedient, which goes so against, you know, what we think is our nature of rebelliousness and I'm going to do it my way. No, you actually, as an entrepreneur, who's a believer, you have to be more obedient than you've ever been. You have to be less rebellious than you've ever been. And you got to understand that that rebellion inside of you is not rebellion. It's passion. The enemy takes that passion and he, he deceives you and he twists it into rebellion. Mm. Passion is not rebellion. Right? Mm. You want to fight for something, not That's fight good. against God. Right? We, as rebellious people, as entrepreneurs, we, we always think we want to fight against something, fight against something. And it's just like we, we get stuck in that. We're not fighting yeah. against something. We're fighting for something. For something. Absolutely. And, and it makes go, me think in the ownership of what we can have at said top location, that goes back to the family. That goes back to the body of Christ. It goes back to the fact that we are co-heirs with Christ. So we are yes. equally his, all of his riches are all of our riches and Chris's riches and Tamara's riches and Gary's riches and Anthony's riches. It's not a hierarchy in yeah. that realm. And so for us to understand that, that then allows us to operate as partners. And the thing that's been really a shame is that there has not been trust and partnership in entrepreneurship that's been mm. been showcased well. And so it is something that we are going to have to, as warriors for Christ, as warriors for God, stand into that and show them how it's done in a way that's never been done before. Yeah. And then give him the glory. 
Like absolutely, that's that's what we're called to do. And Jesus said, "You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor would you light a lamp and hide it under a basket. You know, you, you let it shine on everyone in the room, and then you give your heavenly Father all the glory." And, and that's what we're meant to do. We are going to shine our light so brightly that we blind the enemy and the world's going to ask us how we did it. And we're going to point to him. And, and that's what we're called to do. And that's what we're meant to do as entrepreneurs. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you are just a builder of his kingdom. You're not a builder of your own business. The empire that he's, he's blessed you with is his, it's a piece of his kingdom and he's trusting you to steward it, not to own it, to steward it. Like when you steward something, you're just taking care of it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you have ownership of it. You're just taking care of it. You know, like the story of the talents, right? Yep. He, the, he gives them the talents and they don't own it. They're just taking care yep. of it. Yeah. Well, God has called you to multiply. Mm-hmm. He's given you these gifts. And this is why the enemy attacks purpose. Because when you know what your core gifts are, you know, when you know the problem you're meant to solve and you know the people you're meant to serve and who you're meant to fight for and all these things, now you actually know what your talents are that he's given you. Now you can go multiply. If you don't know what those are, how are you supposed to multiply anything? You don't even know what your gifts are. Yeah, Like, you know, me knowing my core gifts of speaking, inspiring, leading, and influencing, I know that I am meant to be in front of people speaking. That's what I am meant to do. And God is lining everything up for that to be, to to happen, lining all of it up. I'm not meant to sit by myself behind a laptop at a Starbucks every day. That is not the life I'm meant to live. But now that I have the clarity on that, I can move towards that. Right. And and so we just have to lean on God because he's got all the answers and your empire is his and so you you got to make him the owner of the empire. You got to make him the CEO of your business. And and so much of that is surrender. And it's it's one of the hardest things for us to do because you know it takes a level of faith that most believers don't have. Right. And, well, and that goes and back to spiritual to maturity, right? And maturity, as we've seen with you, a lot of people think maturity is like an age, right? And they think it's like mm. a destination. And God can spiritually mature. He matures fruit in a season. So he can mature us in six months if we're willing, right? And so I just, I really hope that people are listening or realizing like, whoa, this has been a supersonic change. This is a miracle. Yes, all of those things. And the biggest thing that I want you to hear is you can too. Hmm. That it's it's everybody's story. When they come to know God, it's a radical change. My life was radically changed. I didn't struggle with the addiction. I didn't struggle with all, I had struggles, don't get me wrong. But the mm. thing that needed to be radically changed in my life, the perspective that needed to change when my eyes were fixed on Jesus and not focused on the world, everything started falling into alignment. Mm. And there's freedom in that. There's joy in that. That's never, ever ending. So it's been, I mean, literally all we could keep on and just do a whole nother part two with Chris Rickstrew, <laughs> which we might have to do. I have only had one person on my show the last five years, twice. You might be the second. <laughs> I'm, I got so much more with you, you talking about spiritual inheritance. Like I have so much, I have so much. So needed. Well, I'll have to have you in the inside of the Fit and Faith group and the, <laughs> the collective and all those things. But Chris, I so, I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to witness you with this same logo behind you last time and to know this renewed spirit, I can just see the sense of peace connected to it just in your demeanor and not striving and just being. And it's really, mm. really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's been the craziest ride of my life and so worth it. And I can't even fathom six months from now or a year from now, but I know that I'm on the roller coaster and I'm in love with the roller coaster ride. 
you know, and it's just like, all I can do is throw my hands up. Cause there's only, only two ways to ride a roller coaster like this, trying to control it. It goes left. You try to go right. It goes up. You try to pull it down and you get off and you know, you're white knuckled and, and it was yeah, your neck hurts <laughs> or like this screaming, laughing, even when it goes down, when it goes up, oh, but true. you got to trust the engineer. And, and I have no idea where I'll be in a year from now, but I trust the engineer who built my roller coaster. And, and that's what we got to do. If we can just trust and lift our hands up, like we're going to get to where he's called us to go. And we yeah. could either go it, you know, go at it in stress, anxiety, resistance, fear, or in fun and light yeah. and love. Yeah. And so yeah. this is all we got to do. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And Come who on. knows where I'll be in six months or a year from now. But I And I have to ask I you one more question, better. not because I've ever asked this before, but you said it earlier. And I, I know my answer and I know how I share it with my kids. But you mentioned how much you used to hate Mondays. How much do mm. you love Mondays? I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore <laughs> because here's the reality. I'm supposed to take two days off a week. Yes. Today's Monday and I'm working yes. <laughs> because here's the thing. Like I, before I couldn't wait for the weekend. Yep. yep. Now I don't even know when the weekend is because yes. even on my days off, I go work because I'm so in love with what I'm building. I'm literally yes. in love with it. I'm passionate for it. I'm on fire for it. It is an expression of my spirit. It is an expression of who he's created me to be. And so it's like, I don't know the days of the week the because best. I don't care about them. <laughs> it doesn't I matter. literally don't care at all what day yeah. of the week it is. It doesn't change yeah. my passion and the life I love. And to go from that place where I was so unfulfilled, so unhappy that I had to get high every day. And, and just, I was yeah. so lost to being so fulfilled yeah. is that in and of itself is a blessing. And, and for me, I'm not obsessed with the destination anymore because I'm in yeah. love with the journey. Yeah. Every day it's like another miracle, another miracle, another miracle. And I'm just like, this can't be, you know, and, and, and I'm just surrendering to him. You and I shouldn't have had this call for a month or two months. No, it would, no, this is amazing. <laughs> I was so excited. I'm like, Wait, and then what? it shows up. And so for me, it's just like, all right, God, all right, who knows what this will be, but you know what, God, I surrender. And, and that's the excitement. Life is meant to be lived, right? It, it, we're not supposed to experience life in, this, in, in death. And so I have so much aliveness that I've never had before. Mm-hmm. And even in the challenges and the struggles, I'm alive because I know he's got me. Yeah. And, and so who cares what day it is? Like, I'm not worried <laughs> about answer. it. The it's only so day good. I know every week is Sunday. And yeah. Cause you gotta go to church. To. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's, that's my favorite day because that's when I get to go and I get to thank him for everything yeah. he's done. And he gives me vision for the next week and what he wants me yeah. to focus on. That's when I get to, to really get back in it. But that's the only day of the week that I care about. And, and yeah. that's it. Other than that, who cares what, <laughs> what day is labeled? Like, It's so good. It really is. I hope that you guys are listening and you guys take note of the power of documenting, being present and looking for more blessings instead of looking for opportunities. That one, that one's good for me. All right, Chris, I appreciate you, brother. You guys definitely follow Rick um, or Rick, Rick Strew. Chris, he's on all social media places. He's on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. So you can't miss them. But do you have a favorite platform you want them to go to? Uh, Instagram. So God just sent me someone who's going to do all my Instagram, all the videos and everything. So that's that's the spot. All Um, right. I'm following along, brother. And I'm here to support you however I can. Thank you so much for being here today. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you, guys. All right. 
Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.